We didn't really have any stupid names in Return of the Jedi. We didn't have any stupid names. Mm. I didn't have any stupid names at all. The really the stupid names came up with, you know, Count Dooku. <laughs> Can we just wonder, what the hell? Did you not have anybody close to you who could be like, seriously? Count Dudu? I don't yes. think it's a good I idea, George. It's a good, I don't think it's a good plan. You got a second idea in there? Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Have you seen uh, Inside Out? No, yeah. yeah, we saw it. There's a character in there. It's funny. His name is Bing Bong. And I was sitting there watching this character. I'm like, still not as stupid as Jar Jar Binks. You know? <laughs> not even close. I, you know what? We should start that meme. Mm-hmm. Uh, still better love story than Twilight. Still better character. Still better character than Jar Jar, Jar, Jar Binks. Binks. It's a thing. Comic this is your favorite geeky podcast full of rants, ramblings, and ravings. I'm your host, Anthony Silva. Along with me is my co-host and one of the greatest geeks in the world, Elizabeth Wallace. Back from the wilderness. Back from punching bears. Yes! yes. I totally did. <laughs> when I was listening, I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I did. The, our, our imaginations uh, went went wild. Mm-hmm. We're like, wow, what would... Or Elizabeth out in in the in the woods, of which we also have no idea uh, what what that's like. <laughs> They're very woody. Yes. What, yes. Would, what would it be like? We just had this beautiful uh, mind imagery yes. of uh, you straight up like weird, like the Irish Notre Dame uh, oh, yeah, backwards fist what boxing I like. Yogi Bear. I had a picture of like going at it because oh my god, I think we went into every single friggin' gift shop in <laughs> Yellowstone National Park, and um, I thought I should totally go into one of those gift shops and buy like a stuffed bear and then cut it apart for its pelt and wear it as a cape. <laughs> so that'd, be, that'd be likely because like Le- Leland said, "Well, what are you guys said bear a cape?" And I'm like, "Oh, with like cape, yeah. with like the head going over the top like her yeah. and everything." I'm like, "But it's a stuffed animal, so no actual bears were hurt in the making of this cape. So yeah, be fine. That'd be great." So you yeah, so. didn't have to. Uh, whoop ass on no bears. No, we did see several though. It was really crazy. yes, it was. We actually there's this uh, this road like we were staying in Jackson Hole and we would drive into the park and there was this road we were on called Moose Wilson Road and it's like unpaved and we were using it to get from one place to the other. Every single time we went on that road, there'd be like a traffic jam at some points because everybody's staring at a bear off in the yeah. woods eating. So it was cool. It was neat, but like. The last day that we were there, we tried to use a shortcut, and they had blocked it off. And there were signs in the visitor area that said, Moose Wilson Rose Road closed due to bear activity. And we're like, yes! We got to see, like, apparently we were at the prime bear-watching season. So. Apparently. It was cool. Yeah, we saw... Kinda sounds frightening. What did we see? We saw we saw bear, we saw elk, we saw a moose, one one small moose. Um, we did see a wolf. He was Antlers a wolf. on the moose? No, no, no. He was young. He was okay. young. He was a little one. He was off on the side of the road just chowing down on a bush, I guess. But, um, yeah, the wolf was cool, though. He was about probably like 150 yards away. And there's this uh, park ranger, this woman standing next to us as we're watching him. She's watching, too, and she looks at us and she whispers, This never happens, you guys. Like, they've never seen a wolf in that area before. Yeah. So it was cool. It was neat. It was all a lot is of stuff. It, like, there has to be a measure of, like, okay, this is different than... If I saw these animals at the zoo, like, yes. is there something that just kind of gets your heart pumping a little it, faster? It is, especially since with the bears, like it was about three weeks ago, there was an experienced hiker who was killed by bears. Yeah. And I had heard that he was like, killed. 
I hadn't realized he was killed and he was eaten. And then the bear buried the leftovers to come back for later. And you're like, why? People do get, I mean, every single place we stopped and had bear repellent spray that you would buy. And I'm like, they're not kidding around. No, yeah, like, bears are actually really fucked up. They really are. And then, apparently... amazing we've made them such a cute animal. But they, they also were talking about, like... Bears, you know, when that happens, it was a, the the bear that killed him. I mean, obviously, it's tragic that this guy died. That's the most yeah. horrible part. But it was a mother bear with two cubs, and they all had to get put down because oh. now they're meat eaters, and now they're going to see people and be I like, think, "All right, they are, yeah. well, no, true, they are meat eaters, but now they're man eaters, so now they're going to see people and be like, oh, that's a potential snack right there. That's good. Yeah. So we're very yeah. well marbled. We uh, are with, with all of our uh, huskiness, and we're not very. We don't really have a lot." of claws or teeth or fangs no, or anything else to really good. protect ourselves so yeah we're, we're a pretty good snack of, exception of you know you and uh, Muhammad Ali I don't know many that could fight a bear <laughs> I don't even sure I was looking at those guys I'm like there was a bison at one point those things are almost as big as a car they really, really are yeah they really I mean apparently there's way more bison attacks than bear attacks in Yellowstone I'm like good to know so yeah yeah so it's, it's one of those uh, unsuspecting animals, like the hippos are like the most dangerous animals of the Amazon. Right, exactly. You look you, at them you and don't you're like, you are like, you they look dance at them. like ballerinas. Right, to exactly. Children. When you look at a bison, you're like, it's just like a big cow, and who's afraid of a big cow? Apparently, you should be afraid of bison. <laughs> they're they're not to be messed around with. So yes. Oh, uh, what is it? Uh, State Farm commercial. Uh, the uh, oh, yeah, he, yeah. He, doesn't he? So, uh, bison attacks a car. I think, I think. Yeah. Bison. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were going down the street at one point. We're stuck in this awful traffic jam. It's because a bison just wandered onto the road, is walking down the yellow line in the middle, and what are you going to do? You don't want to honk at it. He might take out your car. Yeah. That's all right. That's all right. It was pretty fun to watch, though. <laughs> That's something you don't see every day. It's uh, very true. It's very true. Um, did you have any... Uh, you're there with the whole family. Yeah, it's the whole so family, there, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you're there with Catherine. Did you guys have any, uh, any moments of, like, very uh, Night Vale-esque well, uh, we we did see a lot of mountains, and we kept talking about, you know, because in Nightville, they don't believe in mountains. You know, they have, like, therapy <laughs> sessions where they're like, mountains, more like nothing. So that phrase came up a bunch of times. We're right. like, I don't know what those are. They can't be mountains, because they don't exist. Your parents yes. just looking at you weird. Yes. Actually, Anne at one point made a funny line. Kat and I were doing something. Uh, Mom and Dad had rented, uh, rented a Kia Sedona, which is a pretty good car, i got to admit. And that's fit, like, all seven of us, or seven, six. And, um, Kia, if you'd like to talk to this podcast. Yes, there you go. It was you a good car. More of this. We liked it. Nathan, we'll work in the conversation. Nathan was driving it, said it was very drivable, had really good turning radius. There you go. Pay us money. Um and I are in the back doing something, just being goofy. And Hannah just says, you two sound like I need a beer. <laughs> like, yeah. So, sorry, Hannah. I think we got on her nerves more than once. <laughs> <Nice>. but, <laughs> uh, no, because like, when I listen to, uh, to Night Vale, something about it always sounds so scenic. Yes. To me, yes, like it's this town, and it always feels like in the in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It could be everything. It could be nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, being so detached from um, civilization, as you, you you would be, I was just wondering if maybe. Like, you kind of had any moments of, like, yeah, and then the eyes. (laughs) 
you know what? I actually had more of that when I went out to the desert a few weeks ago. There was some, like, which probably yeah is is a closer connection. I guess. Yeah. I guess. So, but Hannah did at one point just randomly. She had her phone plugged into the stereo and she started playing the Beetlejuice theme at the beginning. We're going through like these mountains and we're like, this is really creepily appropriate. <laughs> this is nice. I like this. Like real windy roads. Yes. Like yes. like the one up uh, California. Yes. Yes. Very. I mean, just going back and forth. Where is Beetlejuice supposed to take place? Hannah was thinking it was like Pennsylvania, but I don't think they never say I don't think um I can't remember it's been a couple of years since I've seen it but Pennsylvania would not surprise me yeah. it is it does look like they're not more than 50 feet from Amish territory yeah exactly a lot of winding roads and yeah. rolling hills and all that kind of stuff like, yeah yeah, kind, yeah. Of, kind of thing but it still it worked pretty well for the Rockies too so it was nice they don't look real they really don't. That's really? the other thing that was like me and Catherine. We kept on saying, "We're like, wow, you look at them; they don't look real." Of course, they're not real because <laughs> mountains don't exist. So, there you go. Um, I had the same thought when I went to the Grand Canyon when I was young. Oh, I haven't seen like, that yet, and that's what I've heard too. Yeah. Something about it looked like a matte painting. Yes, we kept on saying that. We're like, it just. And then you would watch, like, the light change on it, and you kept on... I mean, I've got all of these pictures that I took, and none of them look as impressive because you're trying to capture how awesome they look, and it's yeah. really hard to pull it off. Yeah. Something about it just makes it look a little hazy. I don't know if it's just atmosphere or yeah, whatever, yeah, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely looks like it's like, oh, that's a really good effect they put up there for all of us tourists. And they're going <laughs> to... Oh, we saw um, Old Faithful, and that was hilarious. Because that thing really does go off roughly every 90 minutes. And at one point, we were all taking this walk. We are like, we suddenly realized it's... Because they'll have notes up at the visitor center about when the next predicted eruption is going to happen. And we were like, walking late at night, we're like, wow, we had all been sort of assuming that they turn it off at night. Because <laughs> 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 we were like, this thing's still got like 3 o'clock in the morning, yeah. midnight or whatever. It's still going off, even though there's no tourists to see it. And we're like, what a waste of water and resources. Do you know how much it takes to power those things? We're in a drought in California. <laughs> right. You just spout water. Seriously. <laughs> it just, that was the other thing. So much of it, we're staying at the Old Faithful Inn. And it looks like a lot of those places that Disney, like when you go into Disney with the lodge, Real like effect, extremely. And then so many things you see, you're like, this... The Mammoth Hot Springs has these travertine falls, and it seriously looks like like the edge to a ride at Disneyland. Yeah. And we're like, this actually was put here by nature. It looks like somebody was like, hey, let's do this, and then we'll put a hotel over here, and we'll do that. And so, yeah, you, you forgot that it's not just a Disneyland effect. Yeah, that's yeah. funny. It was cool. That's it was funny. good. Well, glad, uh, glad you had a good vacation. Glad to have you back, of course. Yeah. Uh, I did not do anything. So immediately into the comic books! <laughs> I'm sure you did lots of things. But, but comic books. laid around, it's slept. It's been too hot to do anything. It has. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I try to stay uh, within uh, three feet of my little portable air conditioner yeah, as yeah. much as possible. Oh, but shout out to my friend Kari, like Safari. She, her husband built a ghetto air conditioner for her. It's like a styrofoam cooler that he's cut a hole in the side, uh, and he's filled it up with ice packs, and he's got an LED fan on the other side, and it's just blowing cool air through. And like, I've, I've seen those, like, on Pinterest and, and, and whatnot. Like, yeah. I think I may do that. I think it I may seems do pretty ingenious. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah not bad. Uh, so, uh, from uh, our uh, regular old humdrum Earth to uh, the stars and galaxies far, far away, uh, just this last week, the very first Star Wars book that will give us some sort of um, will Link- inform us. I was going to say linkage. Maybe some linkage. Possibly. Uh, uh, there's more to come. 
Uh, but Star Wars Shattered Empire number one uh, came out, and it pretty much takes place in the it begins the first page is the last fifteen minutes of Return of the Jedi. Yes. It is immediately picking up where uh, where where the movies end. Yeah. You've got people talking about, hey, they're taking people down to Endor for a party down there with yeah. the Ewoks. So, you know, they're setting up the last couple seconds of the movie even. So, Who was the artist on this one? Uh, the artist is uh, Marco... Chichetto? Uh, Chichetto? Chichetto. Hopefully we're saying your name right. If we're not, you can come on this podcast. Marco, feel and, free uh, to come by. Yeah, you have an open invitation. Yeah, drop by, yeah. Uh, written by Greg Rucka. Know how to say that one. Hmm? Uh, and colors by uh, Andreas Mosa. Very pretty book. Yes. This, really pretty book. Like, aside from everything, like, this feels so Star Wars-y. Like, we've, I mean, we've been able to say that pretty much about every Star Wars book. Um, it it just so fluidly blends in. And then we're not even dealing with Luke and Han and Leia. We're dealing with the pilots mm-hmm. and characters we have no idea who they are. But our favorite characters do make appearances on the side, they, though. They yeah. definitely, absolutely, they appear, but it's it's not their story, it seems. At least not not yet it's not. But what is what we're going to see in this book seems to be that just because the Death Star explodes doesn't mean every stormtrooper gave up his rifle and, and quit. Exactly. No war ends that yeah. quickly. So this book seems to be kind of... I guess picking up where Return of the Jedi left off and will show us what it was like to squash the Empire yeah. to whatever degree that it's going to get squashed to. Yeah, because obviously... We have, something, uh, we have trailers. We know they're still an Empire. Exactly. And so now we get to see, you know, how did they sort of take a hit and then how did they come back from that hit, basically. But, yeah. you know, it's... It would be nice to think that when they squash the Empire, they'd be gone forever, but then we wouldn't have the new movies. So. Easy peasy. Yeah, yeah. Works. Then we yeah. wouldn't have all the fun. Yeah. Uh, but there's great dogfight scenes up front, you know, just swimming through the through the space outside the, the Death Star. We get to Endor. There's a lot of really fun stuff, uh, like so messing gr- with Ewoks. There's also great, you know, Lando, of course, is the main character, the pilot. You know, she's trying to find, basically, hoping her husband actually made it out alive. And she talks to Lando, and Lando says something suave to her, and she walks away. And you got Han with this expression on his face, just kind of like, do you ever stop? Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I thought it... I thought Jejetto, if that is how you say your name, um, did, you know, one of the things that I, I have a problem with reading comic books that have real people in them. I think he did a real go- good job of, like, balancing out, okay, I recognize who they are, but they're yeah. not so photorealistic. They have, like, scary-looking mouths and too many lines on their faces yeah, and everything. Yeah, like, I, I totally see the Billy D and the Han Solo Absolutely, in these. yes. Now, take it out of context... Maybe I wouldn't immediately think, oh, Billy D and uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah. You know, but if you even tell me, oh, they're supposed to resemble, then 100%. The mind fills in all the weird lines that a lot of other um, artists... It's not It's not necessary to, you know, draw your comic where you're looking at a photograph of the characters at all times and translating every single line over. You can hint at it. It'll be fine. We'll get it. We understand. Uh, so the... The story is pretty much following um, this pilot named Shara, S H A R A. She's Green Four out uh, in um, in the attack on the Death Star. Is she she's, an X Wing? Uh, she flies an A Wing. A Wing, got it. Which, I mean, I don't know if they're vehicle specific. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, she even makes a comment about that because she starts to take out a, an Imperial 
shuttle at one point, and you've got somebody aboard going, you know, friendly on board, friendly on. She's like, who's that? Well, it's Luke Skywalker. She's like, yeah, she only, that's not your usual ride. He's like, she lines up on the transport that Luke flies out in. Which is funny. Another thing, she was like having trouble aiming at him. She's like, why is my aiming? Do you suppose he was throwing that off with the force? Like, oh, don't yeah. fire. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, I was yeah. wondering if that's what they, she's apparently a pretty good pilot, but could not get a lock on this guy. So that would be why. Yeah, like she's. She's complimented several times through this book about uh, how good of a job she did uh, yeah. in, in all that. And so the end of the book kind of comes like after the yub-dub and <laughs> yes. uh, all the celebration. Hopefully they're using the cooler song that they used in the revamped ones. <laughs> That's the, one of the only things I liked about the revamped movies. I'm like, oh, they have a better song now. That's fine. I do like yub-dub, though. Do you? I, do. I, I always that was seeing the, the, the redone one in the theater for the first time. That was the first thing Scrander. I thought. I was like... I thought the new song it was like that was cool and the all the scenes of the different planets where the celebrations were going on. It's the one thing I thought he did right. Yeah, but like now now kind of putting this directly in front of us in our mind, like, oh yes. okay, yes, the the Empire did not just give up. Yes. Um would it make sense that like Coruscant, who was clearly under like imperial rule, yeah. could just so easily be like, Yeah, we're gonna tear down this statue. Yeah, that's I think we would have to have a little more information about how bad was it living on the planet. We only the only scenes we ever see of that planet are very, very higher ups who are all Empire involved. Maybe the average taxi driver on the street didn't like it very much though. Maybe Probably not. I'm sure there's a lot of people. Like it's got Thousands and thousands of levels to it. True. So I'm sure there's definitely a, a area. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it really tired? Was of it. it Paris after World War II? I'm not sure, but you know, some people had to have been happy. Yeah. Uh, so at the end of the book, um, they're like, okay, hey, um, there's an entire garrison of Imperial uh, troopers. They're on the other side of this moon. Uh, we've all come to the greens to be pretty fucked up if we just left our furry friends here to right. deal with them. Right. So we're gonna go squash that. And, you know, continue squashing all over the universe until the New Republic uh, takes full control. It does make sense, though, that when they went to go take them out, they actually took some Ewoks with them. Because from what I remember the movie, the Ewoks are doing a pretty good job smashing uh, scout walkers and uh, uh, using logs and rocks and everything. I mean, that'll tell you something about Stormtrooper armor. They are surprisingly effective. Yes. Uh, Now, Shara has a... um, uh, I guess husband. Yeah, they, he did say he did say to that one guy. He's like, "Here's Medkit. Hopefully, there's something in there to stop you from flirting with my wife." Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah, he does yeah, say yeah. wife. He did say it specifically. Yeah, and it seemed real obvious. Like Sh- Shara finds him at the on the, at the celebration. They have a night together. Then back to being soldiering in the morning. And he's like, yeah, you know what? We should find a place like this to build our house. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm talking God. about our future. We're starting to sing the You're I Dead song you. here, you know? Oh, God. Yeah, and it's like, oh, well, this won't go well, because he's about to disappear yeah. from the book yeah. uh, to do more soldiering. And she even makes a mention at one point. She's like, oh, well, why would I be worried about you at all, mister? Let's find out place to build a house together. Now I'm going to leave and go get shot at some yeah. more. I'm like, she knows how it goes. She's seen some movies. She knows how this usually if, goes. If it wasn't Rucka on the book, if yeah. it was a, a Moffat, uh, oh, a, uh, a Martin, um, uh, I don't know, any of the other people who like killing our characters. Yeah, seriously. Um, yeah, you would, it would definitely uh, not go well. No. In fact, we have a couple panels where she's just staring at the door for who knows how long, waiting for uh, for her husband to come back, and he does. And he does. He actually makes it. And it, it ends kind of not cliffhangery, but it's very much like you know, 
But they made you wait. They did. They did. And I think that's going to be very... It's very deliberate. Yes. I think it's going to come back later. There's... There's a there's a clock over his head. Yeah, and it's ticking down. They've set up some pretty good tension going on here, and we're like, ah, oh, we know how this might just plan out. Hopefully, it doesn't, because they seem very happy together. But yeah, and there's there's a lot of tragedy in the Star Wars universe. We don't need to add more. Let's can't can't the regular soldiers have a little bit of peace and it'd be nice. Happiness? But they can't kill off any of the main characters, so they're going to have to start giving us characters <laughs> that can die. So it's true. It's uh, very true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the 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 story's great. It's at this point, I honestly just can't not get enough mm. Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's an easy slam dunk, uh, and but it is good, mm. and the art is really gorgeous. There's several panels here, or just full pages. I would love oh, to have absolutely. to own. Yeah, yeah, it's, really, it's really nicely stuff. done. And then the uh, Phil Noto cover is very nice too. Yes, so very he's pretty. doing um, this one, uh, the Chewbacca miniseries that's going to come out. And I believe also he's doing a cover for the 3PO series that's going to come out. Uh, The 3PO series apparently is supposed to explain why he's going to have a red arm in the new movie. Oh, okay. All right. Good. That's fine. Good. I like it. That's happening. Uh, So, and more books that uh, we have come to enjoy thoroughly. Never a bad 1602 Witch Hunter Angela book. So, Stephanie Hans, man, talk about like so many pages in this that I would love to have just blown up as a poster on my yeah. wall. Just this gorgeous painted style. And then there was another artist who did the mini story in the middle, the story about the play that they were watching, which turned out, spoilers, to introduce Cloak and Dagger in the play. And yeah, I that did was, not see that one coming. I didn't either, but it was really well done. I was like, you know, they're supposed to be watching like a Shakespearean play and somebody poisons someone, but it ends up turning him into something and then someone else runs at him and I don't know gets a little bit of the same poison on her lips and she actually says yeah, like is the, this she actually says the lines is this a dagger I see before me I'm like oh bravo okay throw, that's throw good yeah that's good I like it that's that's perfect um Frazier Irving uh is also titled as um artist I'm assuming with further probably, entertainments by yeah. so yeah that would be the the middle the middle story about the play but, yeah which was which really was, good really good I, I, my favorite part of that, the, the the middle story, which has been the theme for, uh, or the style for this book, uh, Stephanie Hans has been doing the outside and yep. inside, there's a, another story, yep. is just um, Sarah and Angela sitting in the crowd, and just their two faces, yes. making reactions, getting ready for battle, yes. and then, you know, calming down, enjoying. I just felt like those collective four panels were just really, They're really, really well done to, to look at. Yeah. Um, but this uh, in this 1602, we get to meet uh, Anna Marie, mm-hmm. otherwise known as uh, Rogue. Yes, yes. Uh, who is another Faustian, but different than the others. Is she is not trying to kill or eat anybody. She's nope. very deliberately holding on to her humanity. Because she found out that she was born witch breed, which is yes. their word for the mutants in this 1602 world. And she would rather be a Faustian and put a you know make a deal with a questionable person than to remain as this thing that's gonna get killed eventually. I mean, they they burn witch breed fairly frequently. I think. Yeah. You know? So she kind of trades one nastian for uh, for another in hopes because she, as you know, rogue would be rogue. She can't touch anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't really get the get the feeling that 
that really worked out well for her? Out of everybody, I mean, what benefit did she get? Because she's almost immediately, like, locked up in a room and chained to a bed and everything. I don't... I I still don't know if she could touch anybody. Yeah, I know. I know. What what was... (laughs) She makes a deal with a questionable person, and the benefit is to go crazy, so... Yeah, um, like, she's making a mental effort to keep her humanity intact. So it didn't help her be any more human than being a witch bait, I guess. It doesn't seem like it. No, short end of the stick on that one. Yeah, so, you know, investment did not pay off. No. Uh, But, um, but, I mean, like, number number one for this book has always been uh, the art. Stephanie Hans and all the insert artists have all been uh, just so incredible making this book set in, I guess, literally 1602 really have a renaissance style to the design mm-hmm. and to just the 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 color work yeah oh it's just really beautiful and seeing characters i mean they'll introduce somebody and then you'll hear their name and you're like oh i know who that person is and that just happens over Phil and Coulson. over yeah colson was, was in fun. there he was in there yeah I, I and it's you know it's the flip-flop of how the angela asgard assassins was where there was a different artist who was doing the main story, and Stephanie Hans always did the short thing in the middle. Now we have like three quarters of a book done by Stephanie Hans, and it's always just really amazing. Yeah, really hope that she's going to have that right there. That there's a double page spread with sort of slanted panels in it. Yeah. It's just really, it's beautiful, and way more impressive seeing it in the paper version than it was digital. Yeah. So yeah, you, the, seeing it frame by frame just doesn't do the same thing. Uh, yeah, this is definitely I think one of those books that's best in your hand mm. um, and not on your screen. Mm. Uh, just the the, the 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 paneling isn't always you know super crazy or uh, very intricate, but I just feel like you need to have space between you and this artwork, yeah. Just so you could soak it in to be so hyper focused. I feel um, you're, you're only hurting yourself. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we it goes on. Uh, of course, the Faustian dies as the Faustian must, and it looks like uh, our next issue. Uh, is going to be Revenge on Enchantress because this one ends with the death of Sarah. And not just the death of Sarah, but I guess she burns her on a pyre and then takes her skull out of the fire because that's something Angela would definitely do. And now the skull is talking to her. And I'm like... Oh, yeah, there was that weirdness. Yes, is the skull actually talking to her or has she gone crazy? crazy? Yeah, she could have gone crazy. Which one would you want more? I want the skull to actually be talking to her because that means we might get Sarah back. Because if she's just crazy, then, True, know, but then mean, she's like, really dead. We got like one more issue of this, and then it's over. Like we don't, we don't need anything to really be long lasting for this series. Oh, I'd, I'd like the series to end with everybody alive. I know that's a really <laughs> sure. That's a that's a big reach there. So but, like uh, out, of, you know. out of the interest of sixteen oh two Angela to have sixteen oh two Sarah uh, back. Yes. By yes. the end of it, because yes. like I feel, I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's it's been. Like a month or so, yeah. like it feels like maybe a little more than a month in the last uh, sixteen oh two. I feel this book they were way more upfront about the fact that these two are romantically connected. They love yes. each other. Yes, definitely. They make tons of references about yeah. that. So, yeah, if they just—I mean, I know that in the Angela Asgard's assassin, technically that ended with Sarah being dead too. I mean, that's very yeah. up in the air. So they might be trying to end it both the same way. But I would like to have a. And then they all lived happily ever after, and we'll just leave them off to the side. You if know, there are alive. any books, it would be this one that would end great. But yeah. just a, and then they lived happily ever after, right? At the end, and the two of them just walking off into a, a, a sunset. Because it's certainly not going to happen in <clears throat> Secret Wars, the main Secret <laughs> Wars book. That's not going to end well for anybody. Things, I can see right now. Things are going to go badly. Yeah. 
Um, but this has definitely been one of our um, most enjoyable top five, you think? Yeah, definitely in the top five. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it uh, edges out, um, it, it starts to push in on uh, Marvel Zombies for me as being one of my favorite books, just for Ooh. the art alone. I just think Marvel Zombies, I think both the story and the art are really, really, really good. Yeah. So yeah, but this is mostly, yeah. no, no, uh, no. Nothing against Marguerite Bennett. No, she's doing a great job. He's absolutely writing a terrific story. Yes. It's just... This artwork is kind of outshining her. Yeah, a little bit. Um, just a bit. And, and just outshining but carrying. Exactly. No, it's a good match for him. <clears throat> Civil War uh, number four came out. Uh, you may have realized Civil War three came out last week. Mm-hmm. Civil War two came out the week before. It's, they've been churning them out fairly quickly. So, so yeah. So, uh, fuck me, this was a lot of Civil War recently. Yeah. Um, and uh, I personally, I read it two, three, four in a row because mm-hmm. I didn't want to read two yet. Uh, I missed out getting two that week. Mm-hmm. It's taken me two weeks to get another copy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just plowed through it. Um, this one, I don't know how to quite talk about this one. It's... I was telling you that I, I never read the original Civil War yeah. story, so I'm wondering, I mean, I think it's fine. I think everything's great. But it's I, really I, not taking from the original Civil War, though. Like, no. the original Civil War story plants the seed of this one. Yeah. And when and on our first page, that story is already like six, six, seven years old. Right. So, really, you only need to know conceptually oh, this is when the one half of Marvel fought the other half. Yes. And this book is about the aftermath of all that. Right. Um, we talked about uh, issue one where um, where General Steve of the Blue yes. and President uh, Tony Stark of the Iron came together to try and make peace uh, at the Divide, which is the literal border between the two halves of the nation. Right. And there's a woman who lives on the bridge that bridges between the two, and she does that symbolically. She lost someone in the wars. Didn't she lose Her someone? kids, yeah. Oh, okay. So she's trying to say, you know, I've lost a ton because of this, and I still I still want there to be peace between both. So, but that doesn't turn out very well for her. No, she gets assassinated there in the first book. Um, it's implied that the assassination of the temple was actually for Cap... But she just happened to have gotten up at the exact moment that would intercept the bullet. Right, right. Uh, so that then splits our Cap and Iron uh, heroes and gets everyone set off into a tizzy yep. about war erupting. Right. And then pretty much every book since then has really been like... An escalation. Yeah, an escalation, and also people infiltrating different sides, and you have to keep track of, okay, this person is on the blue side, but they are currently over in the iron side doing surreptitious yeah. things over here. It's kind of got tough to keep track of where we were. Yeah, and then you take the fact that She-Hulk is on the iron side and is actually romantically linked with Iron Man, which I don't think I'd realized that before, but she's over in the blue side infiltrating and then she doesn't appear like her usual self because she's kind of got a disguise she, on. So She de-hulks into yes. her Jennifer um, Walters. With the mohawk. So, yeah, yeah. She, so, looked, she was punk as fuck. I, yeah, I, I yeah. liked it. That was cool. But <laughs> yeah, so just keeping track and then to know that Spider-Man is on the blue side, right? Yep, he's with so Cap. He's blue side. And um, he takes uh, Electra. Who's dressed as Daredevil. Yes. Um, someone who's dressed as uh, Black Panther. I don't know if it's a relation of 
of his. Yeah, I don't know if it's a relation of his. Because Spider Man says, says uh, at a moment, "I bring honor back to the to Black Panther." Right. So right. It, it, it still wasn't even uh, a direct connection. Although Storm, who was married to T'Challa, is on the side of the blue. So it okay. could there could be a connection. Okay. Okay. I just don't know who. Um, Aziz, I think, was his name. Yeah, I can't. I don't know. I'm uh, not sure. I, I just don't know who that character is. Mm. Um, so them plus Venom and Spider Man all go to the Iron because they need resources for Hank McCoy's <laughs> de-powering machine. I think so. Yeah. I think so. so there is a lot of weird back and forth, and I feel it'd be one thing that when when She Hulk goes to the Blue, which is a big kind of Western kind of thing. It's all about my land, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, protecting what's mine, stuff like that. It's interesting that... But the idea goes, is, But the idea is, is that Tony's side, the iron, is very much regimented and rules and people are registered and trained in their powers. And Cap's side is where, as long as you don't hurt anybody, anything goes. And when you think about their personalities, you almost expect it to be the opposite. That Tony would be the, do what you want, as long as it benefits everybody, it's fine. Yeah, and that yeah, uh, yeah. Cap would be the rules guy, but totally flip-flopped. So that always makes it yeah. interesting. I was talking that interesting about the original Civil War, that... Cap went against the government. Yeah. And also that Cap was the one who didn't want people to be demasked, even though out of all of the superheroes, he's one of the least masked people to begin with. Yeah. 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 But like he really, uh, as far as I know, I'm sure it's probably happened because it seems inevitable, but Cap's never really been one with a secret identity. No, yeah, and that's why it's interesting that he would be on the side of saying, no, we don't want to be registered, and yeah. maybe we don't want our, you know, private personas public, so... Yeah. But then Tony's, I mean, for a long time, true, yeah. a long time, he yeah. hasn't had a, a secret yeah. identity. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm Iron Man, yeah. so. <laughs> But it's weird because She-Hulk goes into the blue, into a place called Steel Town, which kind of looks like a lot of the places we've seen in the Iron. Yeah. So it kind of was tough to, to keep them separate. Definitely confusing. Yeah. Um, now, Liniel uh, Francis Yu, who's the artist who's done a bunch of work, he's, he's, someone, he's someone you definitely know, has a really stylistic way of going uh, about the art. And I don't mean to say it like that, like it's... Like, I'm trying to say he's not good. Right, right, right. Uh, I think some people will say, oh, he's stylistic, to just say, well, I don't like it. Right. His interior work has always kind of been tough for me to, to follow. He loves him some darks. Yeah, yeah, he does. You, you, um, It's another one of those ones where a lot of the characters, you know who they are just because somebody in the dialogue will tell you who they yeah. are. Like, Peter, I had the hardest time figuring out who the hell he was because he's not wearing the Spider-Man outfit he's anymore. Not, he's, so. got, he's got wings. It's He's not wearing a mask. It's yeah. all kind of... And when you get uh, right down to it, Peter Parker is kind of a scrawny dude with brown hair. And that's like, it's kind yeah. of hard to distinguish him. And now you, you know? put him in, like, military camo pants. No idea who he he's is. He's got so. a big old backpack, and he's really... Um, Mad. Yeah, he's on the side of the blue. Yeah. But Mary Jane and his daughter are over on the iron? In the iron, yeah. Okay. So, for some reason, I guess they didn't come with him. I guess, I guess. Uh, Maybe it's, maybe they figure it's, if you're not a powered individual, like as far as you know, Mary Jane's not powered. We don't think the kid is powered, because, you know, I mean, maybe... Depends on who the kid is. 
I thought it was his kid, but a radioactive... Well, it's probably his kid. He cares for it like it's his kid. Yeah, but a radioactive spider bite is possibly not passed down in genetics. So if you don't have powers, maybe the iron is a safer place to live. Well, there are stories uh, that have Mayday Parker, and that is his daughter. Okay. Uh, Does and- she have powers? Yes. Okay. She, she has all of, all of his powers. I don't think that's how genetics work. <laughs> Probably <laughs> not. I don't think. Probably but, you know, not, I could be wrong. Maybe he was actually changed on a genetic yeah. level. Radiated know? spiders it's, also not really a thing we're, we're well researched. It's true. In. When you get down to it, you got to have some suspensions of, of delief. All, ugh, suspension of delief. Hmm. delief. That's a, I'm not even going to try. Um, yeah, no, it's, yeah. I, I, it's, they haven't really explained in any of the books why that's been a thing. That Why she's on one side and he's on no, the other. No, no. It, it's just this tragic aspect to to Peter that makes him really uh focused in uh, the way the way he he aims that focus mm. is taking down Tony Stark. And is he is that the only reason why he's pissed? I thought they might have said something about someone who died that he lost. I can't remember. Uh, but, we don't see MA around no place, so I'm assuming uh, this it did, might not have gone well for her. Yeah, yeah. It could have um, been all the millions of people who died in the beginning yeah. of the first book. Which, like wow. Spider-Man, Spider-Man's always a guy who carries the weight of everything on his shoulders. Right. So maybe his, uh, his, um, uh, his part of Civil War... Revealing himself, like maybe all of that just also weighs on him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I get the feeling a lot is just this is how he sees himself getting back with uh, Mary Jane and uh, and his daughter. It works. Uh, so She Hulk goes infiltrates uh, the the blue, gets captured, and um, how do we how do we get into this next part? Well, she's being taunted on the other side of her little glass prison. Yeah. By Black Panther. Yep. Who we saw die in the first one. Yep. But we're sitting here thinking, oh, he didn't actually die. But then He's she... not giving a reason as to how he lived. No, no. But then she is. She does say at one point, she's just like, who are you really? Because yeah. he wouldn't be that stupid. This, really this isn't don't. Wakanda. Uh, this isn't uh, Black Panther. No. Uh, and then uh, Iron Man, who... Uh, because, because he's in love with... With She-Hulk, yes. uh, Jennifer. Yes. He suits up, goes in, uh, finds her homing beacon, which who knows where that is. Mm-hmm. Um, blasts in, and then, surprise! Scrolls! <laughs> I know. I love that line that he said. He's like, oh, scrolls. My bet was Mystique. And I'm seriously like, me too. I totally thought it was, but I guess she's already shown up in another book in disguise. So, like, let's just make it scrolls this time. So, yeah, she is. Um, yeah, so the scrolls, which... Yeah, you were the one who told me because I'd never read the original Civil War, and you're no like... No scrolls in the original. Okay, yeah. all right, well, they um, took it to a different place. That's fine. If I remember right, Civil War took place after Secret Invasion, mm-hmm. of which we never got a Secret Invasion book in uh, Secret Wars. Oh, huh. Huh. Uh, and that is exactly as it sounds. It was scrolls for possibly decades slowly infiltrating places right. with uh, these, these lookalikes. Yes. Um... But it's still, like, that plan still doesn't make sense. Black Panther's talking to She-Hulk about how him and his people have been feeding this war... Yes. ...for, like, since since the beginning. They've and, been keeping Tony and, and Steve at odds, disrupting any time they got close to peace. Yeah, yeah, they always do. And so they were the ones who actually did the assassination, yes. right? Yeah, got it. And then... They weren't trying to assassinate Cap. They really were trying to assassinate the the woman, right? Because that would have kept them at war, right? I, I don't know. I like, mean, honestly, if they'd killed Cap, 
Uh, Someone he was, would have taken his place, right? But would the Peter war have gone or? on? Would the war have gone on as long without somebody like Cap in charge of it? Well, yeah. I think if they killed Cap, the blue definitely would have took arms and, yeah. and attacked. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely a trigger. But then, like, it works it, better with the woman getting killed because they're both pissed off and both blame each yeah. other. So who knows? Because with Cap, without Cap leading them, like, how long would that war last? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but that's where we kind of leave off. We're like, oh. Scroll invasion. So scroll invasion. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is uh, in front of the backdrop of uh, the the superpowering machine that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the all the four armed forces of the blue are marching across the divide to uh, to to attack the iron. And they blew up the bridge behind them because they're like because there's Can't no blow up the bridge. He's like you know because this means there's no going back. I'm like, yeah. is that tactically a good idea? Do you want to do that? Like, they made their own bridges. I guess. But, like, I was really... It's symbolic, I suppose. It is. It is. And I I get it. Like, he's he's making his his Bill Pullman in front of the uh, the Independence Independence Day Day. speech. He's like, you know, uh, this bridge uh, in this town was, you know, the the one beacon of hope for peace. uh, And now it's abandoned. There's nobody there. Peace has been... uh, They've given up on it. There's no chance at this. Uh, and then he fucking blows it up. He just blows it and up. And he's like, yeah. there's no going back. It's okay. war. All right. And I'm yeah. like, fuck, what yeah. happened to you, Steve? Like, well, you're, you used to be way more, like, mm, peaceful or... Yeah, well, he, he, has his whole, it. he has his whole stirring speech about how, you know, war is not always the answer. But it is sometimes the answer. Yeah, so he's a, he's a soldier, so he's yeah. just going to throw himself into it. Uh, of which of which he does very literally. And it looks yeah. like uh, we might not have Cap at the end of this book. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, is, there, is this one going to end with five as well? From the way it's been going, the way it's been amping up, uh, I see probably just five. Okay. Mm. Uh, I, who knows? We'll probably know this week at, at this rate. If it's going that fast, my God. Yeah, like three books in three weeks. I, it would be weird to wait a month now. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. It Though would, I would, it would be, be okay weird. if they did because there's a lot of books coming out every single week and I want to read all of them. All right. Siege number three also out last week. Um, we've been just biting our nails waiting for uh the 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 shield to fall because they keep every single book and including this one is like there's no hope we're just going to say that right now in case you're thinking someone's going to save the day no one will so we're like oh what's this how's this going to play out exactly and she even says the the captain of the shield is saying you know we're going to get beaten down and people will all die here and then they'll come over the shield and they'll kill as many people as they can until doom decides to just stop it so doom yeah. could stop this at any time he's just not he just doesn't he, he just, just doesn't, doesn't. Yeah. yeah like when she talks about um the 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 last time the shield fell mm-hmm. and how doom just let the the the, the dead roll over several different uh, zones until it got to like the border of his zone mm. and then snapped his fingers it's survival of the fittest with him i mean everything that he does seems to imply that you're on your own until i'm annoyed and then i'll do something yeah. but otherwise you know if you die that means you weren't worth much which but, makes sense know. why he set up this whole baron system uh yeah. one representative like he doesn't want to govern everything yeah so let them handle it and from every single book we've read they all handle it t- 
terribly. Yes. No, no. none of these lands are, are, are happy, with the exception of, you know, like, little AVX. Is that on purpose? Does he never want anybody to be completely happy, you know? I don't know. Even I AVX think... is a battle for survival on a very tiny little True. scale, tiny I, adorable scale. I think he just doesn't care one way or another. Like, I wondered about that. I, I think the placement of power, of being God Doom, yeah. is what he wanted. That's all? Yeah. And as long as that isn't being threatened, mm. then he doesn't care about the little people. Yeah. He has the barons to keep them in uh, in line. Uh, they have to be kept in line. So he has his cabinet, which, you know, did involve uh, Doc Strange right. and... Um, uh, Steve's kids? Or... Um, um, um. Yeah, I guess uh, Valera. Yeah, yeah, she was technically on there as well. Yeah, I guess yeah, yeah, she's part of that cabinet. Yeah. She's the science division. But every single world that we've seen is on some level or another a struggle between two groups of people. I mean, yeah. like I said, even AVX is a struggle between you know all these different kids. Um, Angela's against the Faustians. Siege is against the zombies. Civil War, they're against each other. It's it's all like they're all filled with conflict, right? And so I feel like it's it's less like him sitting back and allowing there to be conflict, and more of him having set this up in the first place. That's I mean, because on some levels it's even more deliberate, like Ghost Racers. It's all these mm-hmm. guys fighting against each other, yeah. and then you've got all the battles That's in the arena is fighting against each other. So I think he did that on purpose, and I I I feel like. I don't know. There's something I st- about the conflict that he's thriving yeah, on. Yeah, I think so. I think that's important to him in some level. You know, we'll he'll probably have a big dramatic speech yeah. at some point. And it'd say be that, you know. it'd be interesting if yeah. uh, if if true. Yeah. Uh, so Siege Three uh, is more of the encroaching um, Ultron and dead and everything awful. Uh, Nick the Fury was apparently Nick the Fury, yeah. who was Abigail, uh, our main character, uh, her predecessor, yes. who went over the wall and not heard from since. Which is never a good thing. Because uh, he's probably not came, dead. Came back all Ultronified. Uh, yes, yes. And um, is now a motherfucker. Yeah. Just seemingly unstoppable. Uh, sieging against the, um, the, the wall in just a scary way. Yes. And it looks kind of like all hope is lost and She's had a couple robots prisoner in the basement, I guess. Yeah, I think for a while. they popped up in the last book. Were they? They were. Were they former Ultrons? Or I forget where they came from. Okay, they have some relation to the Ultrons, I think. But and then it, I don't know. It was really cool because she was like, "Well, we're all going to die, so you're going to die too." And they're like, "Well, let us help you because we were here because we were. What is it? They had a flaw. They actually fell in love with each other, yeah. and so they just wanted to get away. And they're like, you know, you thought this was a prison, but we just wanted a room in each other. And I'm like. Aww. Yeah, it was it was weird. I think it's weird because they're robots, and we just were not. I mean, they even called each other it. You know, yeah. they they didn't identify as a gender, but like we weren't led to think of them in that way. Right, right. But which you know was a nice little reveal that they had, and so that's that's why they ended up helping because they're like now we feel like we have something to protect. But it was all done in a very like a very calm, even almost yeah. emotionless way. You know, so. So one of them went out to go and defeat somebody, and I guess it didn't work out so well. So. It does not. Um, no. They have the ability to control uh, other robots by talking to them. Yes. Uh, so goes out there, confronts uh, Nick the Fury, does get him to turn his own arm cannon against him and mm-hmm. blow his head off. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't stick. No, it's one of those things... 
And you see, it's a trope that happens a lot of the times where what works against a robot one time, they're going to adapt and it won't work the second time. And that's what happens because he tries to make him do it again and he, he yeah, ends like, up dying. So. Fury doesn't doesn't die, turns the gun on the robot mm-hmm. and can't be controlled anymore. Right. By that. Yeah. So they're figuring it's, it's a one-shot thing. Whatever they do to him, it'll only work once because then he'll adapt and it won't happen again. Yeah. Uh, so the other robot... Goes into the calmest rage you've ever seen. Yeah, before. he's pretty much just like, like, yeah, I think a suicide mission would be pretty good at this yeah, point. So, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. I'm not against it. Uh, yeah. I have a lot of feelings currently. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Processing them uh, is overloading my circuitry. Yeah. I think yeah. I may go into a uh, vicious bloodlust <laughs> and uh, kill everything that might be in front of me. Yep, yep, yep. And so they, he, he goes along with the plan, which is what was the plan again? It was a little unclear. Uh, it seemed like any as soon as they had a plan, it fell apart. Okay, right. like it, the the robots were the plan, and then that doesn't work out. And then um, you know the, both 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 robots go down, and then Magic and uh, Leia show up, yes. and they obliterate yes uh, everything on the front line. So at least for, all the Ultrons are taken care of. Yeah, I guess. for a moment we're like, oh, oh, well, that's that's good. We have a moment to breathe. There we go. Nice. And, like, everyone's having those short conversations. Like, oh, I'm so glad you came back. Um, Oh, there's a great line in there, Abigail. uh, I think she's writing in her journal again here. Um, Never trust your demonic queen. Um, It says something to the effect of uh, never trust your demonic queen, always trust your demonic queen. Or uh, never trust your demonic queen, demonic queen's rule. (laughs) Something like that. It was some kind of strange line. Yeah, so they're all kind of like, oh, well, wow, we... I guess we kind of did it as good as we can because this is a never-ending right. battle at, at the wall. But what happened with Kang? Uh, well, Fury shows up again. Nick the Fury is back again, yeah. as he does. Uh, Kang was there because I, I remember him kind of giving a hug to somebody. I think Leia. Uh, Fury shows up. Kang's like, oh, shit. Uh, grabs him, jumps into the time stream with him. Which is littered with chrono mines, I think yes. is what he says. Yeah. Uh, and nearly impossible to navigate, Yes, uh, he says, which is why they weren't. They could just go back in time and fix this from the beginning. Right. Um, we, get a, we get a shot of uh, Kang practically surfing the back of Nick Fury, colliding him into these chrono mines. But it's once again, for him, it was going to be a suicide mission anyway, because yeah, he was he just like, no, yeah, he didn't. But he does. He does. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where the hug comes between him oh, and maybe, her. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe <laughs> Which was really, I mean, yeah. because, I don't know, I mean, you know that they don't really like each other, but at the same time, like, oh, you're back! Yay, hugs! So, it was neat. Um, one thing I actually thought was, uh, was cool was... Remember, in the, I think it was in the first book, we saw a thing kind of come out of the wall. And yes. Like, is he coming out of the wall, or is this just kind of the artwork? Uh, yeah, fully yeah, confirmed. He's, he he's, is a he's part the wall. of the wall. He's a part of the wall. And yeah. what does he say? One more shot like that, and it's going to be rubbling time? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, so, yeah. Um, Abigail's, I think, she's talking to herself or in her journal. There's a couple points where she's just journaling all this. Uh, and she's talking about Grimm and uh, his moans... And, yeah, like, another hit like that, and it's going to be rumbling time. Like, she imagined this is what he would say to her. Mm, okay, all right. 
Um, but yeah, he's definitely part of the wall. So. Yeah, I don't which, think he's the whole wall. I feel like he's like integrated with the wall maybe and sort not. of travels through it. Like, would it be possible for him to be that entire expanse of walls? Like that, that kind of consciousness would have to be. You'd have to have it like centralized someplace. Is, if the whole wall was his body, or maybe he could just move through the wall. That that makes that makes more yeah, sense. Because like, then he could keep his own consciousness separate to wherever he is presently. Yeah, but the wall is stronger if he's in it. So if the wall gets blown yeah, apart, yeah. he's probably going to die. Uh, so yeah. Let's see. So uh, we surf uh, Fury into all the Chrononauts. Mm-hmm. Uh, they survive. They, they fall out of the, the, the time hole. Except I think he managed to surf Fury face first into all these mines. I think he defeated him. I think, you know, Kang came back and Fury was dead. I think. I'm trying to... Like, I do remember this book ending quietly, but... Then the next page, uh, the wall, the shield falls in one day. The the usual, you know, with our white page and the gray letters on it, and there is no hope. And we're like, okay, so not expecting a happy ending on this one. Yeah, still, still not the end. No. Um, So if if there's anything more to that, then we'll just say we didn't spoil it for you. Yeah, there you go. Um, But uh, yeah, all the uh, the endless summers did go out there and. Get tore up pretty bad. Yeah, too. what yeah, was the thing with them? Scott Summers ha- yeah, clones. were they were just all clones? Is that what it was? Yeah, they were all just all clones. Okay, yeah, because he said he was down to a century at this point. There's only a hundred of them left. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a gross thought right there. I don't want there to be a hundred Summers. Yeah, I weird. think that was a, a sinister thing. Ah, got it. Yeah. Uh, Planet Hope number five came, and um, is this the first book? I think it's the first book we're talking about that is done. Yeah, it is. It um, is. Yeah. Well, Star Lord and Kitty last week, but. Uh, yeah, Planet Hulk. Kind of... Uh, kind of ended in number four, honestly. Honestly, well, it should have ended in four. It was a little anticlimactic. Um, spoilers, but, you know, we didn't get the, the Bucky Cap hookup that I was hoping for. We didn't, for. and I... You know. And they I'm just, really you know, wrong. he's... Yeah, major, major, major spoilers here, but Bucky is, honest to God, he's dead, you know? Yeah. I was really just hoping, I was like... Okay, when the Red King said that he was dead, maybe he's not maybe he's actually took his dead. Arm off. Exactly, he's running around someplace with no arm, but no, apparently he's dead. No, he is. He is uh, full on dead. And Steve's uh, very the, upset about this. The big reveal for for this book was, in fact, Doc Green, right? Who has been helping Steve since he got to Greenland. Yes, uh, we've been suspicious of him. Did you this, say this that you were time. thinking that maybe Bucky was Doc Green? It was a, it was a theory. Maybe Bucky's Doc Green, and that's why he's helping. Um, the regeneration of a Hulk maybe could bring his arm back. Um, I mean, if if Thunderbolt Ross can grow and lose his mustache every time he turns into Red Hulk, sure, sure, anything yeah. can happen. Oh, absolutely, yeah, anything no, can happen. yeah, that's that's science. Uh, so, Doc Green, who was kind of pestering Steve at the in the last book about how. Everyone's got a Hulk in him, mm-hmm. and you know Steve's very um, adamant about no, not me, no Hulk inside here. Nope, uh, we're all cool in here because the Hulks are all monsters. Right. Doc Green de-Hulks into, I guess that world's uh, Steve uh, Steve Rogers. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, he goes into Steve Rogers, and he is pre Super Serum. Steve Rogers. Yeah. He's definitely a small, like, normal-sized dude. Yeah. And a, in this world, that was his... Instead of taking the super serum, yeah. as Steve did in other worlds, in this world, he went for Gamma. So, yeah. And now he's... It's kind of changed his mind. I mean, Gamma is everything, and that was his key to power and understanding. Gamma and, is life. Gamma yeah. unlocks yep. what's inside of you. Yep. Um, and well, there's nothing, there's no hope, there's no nothing, there's only violence and war and power, and that's the best yeah. you can hope for. A little bleak, a little bit bleak. Very, 
and that's just how this kind of book goes. Like, yeah. he killed the Red King uh, in four, uh, then kills. Uh, Did he kill? Uh, he didn't kill Doctor Red King before. He didn't kill Red King until this book. I didn't think. Because in the end of the fourth book, he Red King was saying, "I've killed Bucky." Ha ha ha! And oh, then okay. in this book, then he the, does. Yeah. The very beginning of this book, yes, he killed yeah, Red Very King. very beginning. Yes. Um, and then the standoff with uh, Doc Green, uh, this the Rogers, Rogers Hulk, uh, and then Steve Rogers kills that Hulk. Yep, kills the kills Doc Green. I'm just trying to keep it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doc Green yes. kills Doc Green. There you go. Kills yeah. Doc Green slash Steve Rogers of this world. That's way Bury, too much. Buries his axe to him. Oh yeah. Goes out to the people. Said like, I killed your king. Fuck you. I'm out. Yeah. And goes and tells. Um, um, Dinosaur, yeah, devil like, dinosaur. Tells him, you know, he's like, our warbound is dead, and I was just yeah. like, is he really dead? Do we really? And that's it. That's really all. We that's did. it. Like that's this, it. this book ends so abruptly. And after all this drawn out, like we really felt like, at the very least, book two and three, and probably book four. Book two and three were just kind of placeholders, you know? They're yeah. just like, hey, he's in the desert and fighting stuff. Hey, he's in the desert and fighting stuff some more. Hi, car. And yeah, it just, you know, after all that, I'm like. You probably should have ended a, maybe a little tighter editing on all this. Maybe I don't know. Maybe, like, maybe some real resolution. Yeah, there yeah. is no real resolution. No, it just ends. Like it's just done. Steve the Gladiator given a mission: go out, kill the Red King. Red King's got Bucky. Yeah, uh, a lot of filler in between. Yeah, we meet Doc Green, who's kind of a real chatty Kathy, really kinda, talkative, kind of yeah. getting on uh, on our nerves. Yeah, gets the Red King. Kills the Red King. Yeah, Bucky's uh, already dead. Yeah, Bucky's already dead. Kills the Red King. Oh, Doc Green is this world Steve Rogers. Kills, kill Doc Green. And, and we're out. We're out. Yeah. We're done. I won't, I won't say that it was bad. Um, I thought the art was solid. Mm-hmm. I thought the dialogue was good, though Doc Green was a little chatty. It's just, in that the end... That was his character, so it's, yeah. it's true... I think, to that. I think it's just at the the end point that they were going towards wasn't quite as much as I'd hoped for is all. So, like, yeah. like we, we definitely wanted, we really wanted to see the Bucky Cap. Um, <laughs> they, I really think they were playing that up. I really think they were implying I it. I really do. I, I don't know if maybe they chickened out at the last minute or, or what. But like it, it really, we really wanted to see that because we just, because those emotions are there whether those characters are gay or straight. Yeah. Whatever the inter- interpretation. Yeah. Um, with Civil War maybe being uh, an exception. But whenever we see these characters, we know they are brothers. They, they are a, so close to each other. They have a bond. They yeah. really do. And it would, wouldn't would be that much in, in writing-wise to tip that over from like a platonic thing to a non-platonic thing. Yeah. So, and it would have just it would have just been fun. I mean... But not to even like get to bury his body no. or, or anything. Like it's no. just... Oh well. Yeah, like yeah. all he does is is walk off into the sunset with double dinosaur. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. That's, that's it. Him. Yeah. Um, giant size, little Marvel AVX. Now I I enjoyed it and I thought the ending was appropriate, but I got the idea that you weren't quite as happy with the ending. I also felt it was abrupt. It, it, it was definitely it was, fast. It was, it was fast, but I just thought that the options that they were offering us, like. 
who are the twins going to choose? Are they going to choose the X-Men? Are they choose the Avengers? Oh, look, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Oh, my Join God. Join us, Space <laughs> Adventures. <laughs> or the Inhumans become We're monsters. Royalty. Please, Medusa had pigtails. That oh was my adorable. God, so <laughs> it was really cute. Yes. That was everything. I mean, I just. Every single character. I really loved how he drew Wolverine. Wolverine's always got this like smart ass expression on his yeah. face. Everybody was drawn so well, but so you have all those options open to them. Everybody's fighting with each other. Who are the twins going to pick? In the last three pages, yep, yep, uh, a, a swoop of speed yep. picks them up, takes them uh, to to this other place, yes. Uh, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, although they're not all mutants. No, and they're also not all men, so maybe not Brotherhood, maybe Fellowship. No, wait, Fellow means man as well. So, you know, there's well, a whole argument about working that. Working on the name, yes. but essentially all the bad guys. Yep, yep, and that's and they actually, and, the twins look kind of happy about that, I yeah, thought. Yeah, and you know? they're like, oh, yeah, this is it. Yeah. Just such a such a quick decision. Might have might have been better. I mean, how many books? So it's four books. Four. Yeah. Uh, maybe this should have been set up a little well, no, because it part of the fun was it was kind of unexpected. I'm like, we've had X-Men, we've had Avengers, we've had Inhumans, we've had Guardians of the Galaxy. Who's left? The bad guys. Sure, so. and, and I get it, and I, I don't I don't have any problem with them being there, but at least like clue me into maybe yeah. like this would have been like their choice. Like Reflecting on it now, it kind of makes sense. They are such gray characters. And also... They that, stand out from everybody. That out of everybody that we've seen in all four books, weren't they all technically good guys? I yeah, mean, yeah. yeah. So, you know, this An- was our... Anti-hero at worst. Yeah, exactly. So this was, you know, the, with the question, who's left, it would have to be the bad guys. And I'm, I, I, I like the fact... I think what it is is I like the fact that they went with the bad guys. I like the fact that we didn't have any lead-up to the bad guys because the surprise was nice. I think we needed one more page afterwards. We needed just maybe one more page of clever dialogue between the Avengers going, how can you pick the bad guys? And then explaining, well, this is why. That would have made it a a little bit better. A beautiful two-page splash page of now the twins and the bad guys all coming to attack. That that would have done it. That would have done it. That would have made me happy with the ending. Yeah. Um, But it's Scotty Young's art and it's just so adorable beginning to end. One complaint that the conclusion came too fast. Yes. Everything else about this book has been amazing. Yeah. Uh, I would kill a man for any page uh, of, of any of these four issues. It has been so much fun, uh, and we still want to give Scotty Young the biggest of hugs. No, oh, he's just, he really... He's he's definitely one for the fans, you know, every single yeah. little in-joke. And I need to take a look because this is another one I read digitally, and you have that huge splash page yeah. where they're all fighting against each other. I, I need to take a look at that and just, like, pour over every single bit of it because he hides so many details. I mean, that yeah. page... So many characters just doing whatever, I mean, irrelevant to the dialogue. dozens of characters on that one page yeah. that you could go in, and, and they didn't... I was hoping that the guided view... I mean, they showed me the big view of the page. I'm like, oh, that's awesome! Any chance they're going to zoom in a little bit on there? No, they don't. No. So, uh, but it, this one uh, is also over. It, but it, it's been so much fun uh, and, and such such a delight to yeah. read. Uh, hopefully, we'll get more stuff like this. Mm-hmm. I would love an ongoing uh, little Marvel AVX with Scott Young writing, drawing. Yeah. 
Um, I still hope that when the barriers between the zones break down, as I think they will, we're going to have, you know, people from the Marvel Zombies world walk into AVX and they're still drawn the way they need to be drawn. So they can be just like ridiculous. And they fight in their childish way. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, we can only hope. Yeah. Uh, So as far as honorable mentions go, since we're here at the end of the podcast, Prez has been... um, Very surprising from DC. Not DC. Scarily, like... A foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah. And, and, like with all this Trump nonsense, it God. seems like all too real. Like it, like we can't, e- we almost can't even joke about it. No, the the fact that like the the premise of this book is that there's so many backdoor deals being done. Like nobody's getting voted yeah. based on merit. Everybody's getting voted on. You know, image is more important than anything. Exactly, Money is more important than everything. Viral else. videos could get you elected. I mean, we're yeah. only a matter of time away from that. And it's just like this is a little too close yeah. to reality. But it's it's not. It doesn't feel like a DC book, which it is doesn't. unfortunately a compliment. It's <laughs> it's weird because it's not titled a Vertigo book. No, but then it's not really a Vertigo book either. It's really closer to an Image book. Yeah. Yeah. No, this would be an image. This would be boom. Yeah. Um, like maybe even IDW. Yeah. Like this this is an indie book that somehow is being uh, published by, by DC. It's so tongue-in-cheek and irreverent, and the art style is not your typical DC stuff. Yeah. But I think it's good. I think it's smartly written, and I actually, Absolutely. I care, after two bo- uh, issues, I actually care about the main character. So yeah. the idea being that, because of all these backdoor deals and everybody trying to get one over on everyone else uh, between the regular elections and the Electoral College and going to the House of Representatives, it ends up that a 19-year-old girl from a viral video ends up getting elected yeah. president. Yeah. Totally against her will. She didn't try it. It's just nope. that whole thing with, you can actually write in votes, you know? And yeah, it's, it, it is, like I said, scary, scarily plausible. Yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, and I have the third one for you to read. Oh, good. I'll have yeah. to read that one. Sure. Um, I wholly recommend people reading Prez. It, I think it's been super fun. It, I don't think it's an ongoing. So, I mean, if you just want to wait for the trade to come out, well well worth it. Cool. Action Comics 44. Um, a lot of Superman. Uh, we don't need you. We've got we've got this handled. We, there's still people who don't like you, but... Um, you're good. Okay. You're good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked at it and it's going. it's hilarious. Green Lantern is like front and center on the book. How bad is it that I saw that? I'm like, nah, I don't want to read that. <laughs> <laughs> don't be fooled. Um, DC's uh, month of September is actually Green Lantern's 75th anniversary. Got it. Uh, I did not pay that close attention to it. I just saw, oh, Green Lantern's on the cover. Not in the book. At all? At all. Oh, good. Not oh, okay. Little, all right. Well, maybe I'll have to actually little. check that one out. Uh, I know. Sorry, Drew. Drew yeah. would be pissed at me for being like, eh, it's Green Lantern. I'm not interested, but, yeah. you know. Uh, it is just kind of um, a light wrap-up of the shadow monsters that he's fighting. Um, they feed off of uh, rage, uh, of which Superman, like, in his dialogue, in his own mental dialogue, I can't not be rageful. Like, this is this situation... Is just stirring it in me. Yeah. Um, but uh, does I guess defeat uh, the Wraith, who is the the leader behind all the Shadow Monsters? Yeah. Uh, not to be um, uh, gone for good. No, because that we you can't destroy a good villain. Yeah. They have to come back later. We'll we'll be back eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like the book kind of ends. It's like we got the Superman. We don't need you anymore. Okay. Which, 
kind of feels awkward. Well, don't you think he's probably kind of okay with that? You know, he he is, but also like he builds his persona or his life around the fact of being of protecting people, of being oh, okay. the hero. So now they're saying like, oh no, all right, we 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 got this. The shadow monsters are gone, so we're cool. Well, Thanks. He's gonna his life is gonna have to change anyway, so he needs to get used to so it. So long and thanks for all the fish. Pretty oh, much. That's fine. Uh, and Batman 44 came out a uh, break in the weird uh, Daisy Flowerhead uh, story. It uh, takes place after Zero Year, right. before DCU. Yes. Uh, and it's just this one short story uh, written by uh, Snyder and Brian Azzarello. Uh, art changed up by Jock. Uh, so it looks it looks cool. Jock is a lot like Linnell Udemy. Okay. Um, Great art, a lot of dark. Tough, tough to read sometimes. Mm-hmm. the The panels don't always do well. I was having trouble telling some of the characters at sometimes because we had a lot of like incidental characters that came in yeah. just for this book, and I sometimes didn't know who we were talking to. You know? yeah. yeah, it was a little tough. And also, I feel the writing on this one uh, was kind of tough to follow it for me. It was a lot of words. I mean, there was a lot of words that weren't building me. A story. Yeah, you were the one who said, you're like, I don't know, we have this internal monologue, but it's not Batman, you know? Yeah. It's a third person sort of thing. I I thought it was a little too much telling, not showing. I thought we could have, you know, yeah, Batman's good when he's more silent. That's so. exactly right. Yeah. Uh, but even if it's the if it's the caption boxes, it's almost always Batman. Yeah. Talk, yeah. Just kind of work, talking the reader through his own thought process, how he's figuring out who's mm. who, where he's going to go next. Yeah. But yeah, this is a third person we never meet no. and have no idea. It's 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 as if the author himself were writing in the caption boxes. Right. Which is, yeah, it's it wasn't a bad book, but it's funny that it instead of being a comic book, it almost might have worked better as like an illustrated prose story, you know? I mean there yeah. was in a comic book, I think you need to let the images do a little more of the work, and this was just and I like words, I really do. But this was a lot of words. It really was. Yeah. It took a while to read. Um, it was a big book too. It was long. It was hefty. Yeah. It was a five dollar book. Mm-hmm. Um, I, don't know, I'm, I would have to assume it. That aspect is the Brian Azzarello uh, influence on it. Um, he's, I think, he's a big part of uh, the writing of it. Uh, Snyder is credited as story okay. and writing, and he and Azzarello is only there for the writing. But Azarello is well known for crime fiction. Got it. Which has a very different pace. Yes. And what did we say that the, the before the podcast you were like, Batman's way of solving the crime in this person was to keep out throwing out wrong theories until he landed on the right yeah. one. He did not look like much of a detective like, in this book. You know? Like every hour procedural, your first two ideas are going to be wrong. Exactly. And then you're going to get the one clue that's going to link it all together yeah. and you win. There was a cool image in the end, though, when you found out what happened and you see this kid um, sort of in the air. And it was it was sort of a yeah. really very quiet, kind of disturbing image. So not a bad book, but it was a hefty read. It's definitely. a big change up from the books we've been reading yeah. from Snyder and Capullo. Yeah. Uh, but it's still Batman. Uh, and not every panel is, is amazing from Jock. Uh, but the ones that are amazing are astounding. Yeah, they really are. So that is going to be it for us, everybody, this week. Uh, if there are any books that we have not talked about, you feel need to be talked about for the good, for the bad, whichever, you can let us know through the email, comicissues at gmail.com. You can hit us up on any of our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google+, 
Uh, Pinterest? Pinterest is a thing. We have Pinterest. Instagram. That's the one I really wanted to say. Yeah, there we go. Uh, All we are on. Yeah, yeah. And some more regular than others. Some way more regular than others. That's right. We're real good at that Facebook. We are amazing at that Facebook. We have a 100% response rate on our Facebook. Three-minute time response rate. We are on it. Damn straight. So if you you say anything on any of our posts on Facebook, somebody's going to get back to you. Don't worry. We'll be there. Yep. Of course, we are part of the grander pixelatedgeek.com network full of uh, the, the many podcasts, almost a single podcast every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, of course, the comic issues and the movie issues. We had Leland here uh, last week uh, filling in temporarily. You can never replace Miss Elizabeth oh, Wallace. Oh, thanks. But thanks, Leland, for coming in. You did awesome. Uh, the Binary System podcast mm-hmm. with uh, Elizabeth and uh, twin sister Catherine. Mm-hmm. Two geeks in a podcast. Me and Ashley talking about geeky things. The Pixel Clicks podcast, which I did not stumble over saying, which I almost always do. <laughs> uh, video games and all kinds of uh, other nerdery. All these things are here uh, on the website for your entertainment, as well as uh, news, reviews, galleries, and more. Yeah. I'm hoping our friend Stephanie does another unboxing video this month. That would be cool. So maybe do. She does Loot Crate. So that'd be good. If you want to see what's actually coming in on these Loot Crate yeah. boxes that you've heard so much about, she'll give you the lowdown on it. Uh, there's a Star Wars box now. I've heard. Yeah. I've heard. That sounds cool. That yeah. really does. Uh, we're, we're getting one. Oh, I'll bet you are. Yeah, yeah. that's that was definitely going to yeah. be a thing. So yeah. uh, come November, check out the, the Two Geeks in a Podcast. Damn straight. Yeah. Uh, and if you just want just this sweet comic-y goodness, our website, comic-issues.com. Check it out. So until next week, everybody, I'm Anthony Silva. Elizabeth Boss. And good geeking.